Welcome back to the Black Moons Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Beer, and I'm here with my co-host. Nate Bird, happy to be on the show. Yes, so I'll start with our latest one today. None other than John Lewis, who is one of my personal heroes. And I'm honestly surprised that we covered him up to this point, but let's give him the honor. So his full name is John Robert Lewis. He was born, born right outside of Troy, Alabama on February 21st, 1940. I've been to that part of Alabama, it's a very small town, cute. Um, and so his parents were sharecroppers, so he was born into a family where the, um, he had to work um, physically and he helped his parents out a lot growing up. And so um, he didn't have a lot of money either, but he ended up being able to attend college in 19. 19- 57, he left Alabama to attend the American Baptist Theological Seminary, and he also attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is where he was really able to learn about nonviolent protests and organizing sit-ins while he was in Tennessee. Um, also, he was arrested during this time, during all of the demonstrations and sit-ins that he was a part of organizing. And, um, that's how he started to get involved in the civil rights movement. Then he actually graduated with his degree in both religion and philosophy in 1957. Um, but he also participated in the so he did most of his civil rights acts while he was in college, which makes sense if you know a lot about the civil rights movement. A lot of it was led by young people. And so he uh, participated in the Freedom Letters, which um, were the people who were riding off segregated buses into different parts of the country. Particularly the one that was highlighted most was in Alabama, and um, that was in 1961. And then in 1963, he became the chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which is also known as SNCC. And um, this same year is when um, he became kind of a part of the Big Six. That's I guess what they call. It. I didn't know this until I looked this up. Apparently, that the thing, the Big Six of the Civil Rights Movement, and that. He was included in that, um, and this allowed him to be able to help plan the March on Washington, and he spoke at the March on Washington, and he was the youngest person who helped organize and who spoke at the event, because again, remember, he graduated college mm-hmm. only a couple years after that, and so he was like in his young 20s, 21, 22, when he did this. He also helped organize the march um, from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery that helped passed the Voters Act right of 1965. And he was one of the main people who participated in what is now known as Bloody Sunday when the marchers were walking from Selma, trying to cross the bridge in Selma and they were met with state police and they were um, attacked physically. And there were over 600 people involved in this march. And so that's pretty big that he was involved in organizing that at such a young age. Mm And then he ended up leaving SNCC in 1966, but in 1970, he became the director of the Voter Education Project. And during this time, um, he helped to register millions of minorities to vote. And then he began running for office in 1961, where he was able to be on the Atlanta City Council. And then he was elected into the House of Representatives, representing Georgia's 5th District, later on and then he's always just been an advocate um for you know reforming health care fighting poverty educational equality um 
And he also ended up getting the Presidential Medal, Medal of Freedom Award in 2011. Uh, and one thing that I think is really cool that I found while I was researching him is when Barack Obama won the presidency in 2008, he said, when we organize voter registration drives, going on the freedom rides, sitting in, coming here to Washington for the first time, getting arrested, going to jail, being be beaten, I never thought I dreamed of the possibility that an African-American would one be elected of the president of the would be elected, would one day be elected president of the United States. Mm. And so I think that's cool that he was able to, you know, be such an integral part of so much that happened during the civil rights movement. Yeah. And was able to see um, something so historic as Barack Obama be brought into office. Um, and so then he also, um, in 2019, that's when he announced that he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And then he ended up passing away July 17th of 2020 from the cancer. And then one of my favorite quotes from him that sticked out to me, it was in my Instagram bio for a little bit. Mm. It's never be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. Mm. And that's one of his most famous quotes is getting into good trouble. And um, I think me talking about him is obvious why he's a menace. He, he right. had lots of people who didn't like him and he was organizing protesters and um, he obviously was encouraging getting into good trouble, which is all what being a menace is all about. So Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I think the spirit of John Lewis is definitely a part of what we what we hope to do as the black menaces, right? Because a lot of people say, oh, like, you know, the word menace, it's a bad thing. This is the de dictionary definition of the word menace. You know, it means that you're a threat. You're, you know, you're, you're harmful to someone or to something. Um, but our goal is to stir up good trouble for change, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, yeah, John Lewis's spirit is definitely like a part of what we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, we take inspiration from people like John Lewis, who he was a real menace, right? Like he was in the face of police talking about, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so that's always that ministry. Yeah. Uh, he I mean, two things real. is always uh, <laughs> his ministry is always yeah. something that inspires me. Absolutely. So. And he faced some very real threats, like threats to his life and, and to his well-being and things like that. And he, he worked through all of that, yeah. or like pushed through. Yeah. Shout so out to there's lots of there's like two documentaries about him i'm pretty sure i watched one on a plane ride and i was crying the whole time mm. have you ever cried on a plane ride watching a movie that shit is so embarrassing <laughs> I'll but bet. i feel like that's the main time i cry watching movies is on a plane i'm not even kidding you. i've heard that before I, it must be something like with the altitude or something that just like yeah <laughs> messes with your 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 emotions or something like that because yeah, i've heard that no, people like cry real. on planes a lot Hasn't been me because I'm usually on a plane that's too cheap to have movies. So, well, I feel like <laughs> I watch movies that I have been wanting to watch, but I've never taken the time to. Mm. And I watch like when they see us, or not oh. when they see us. What is it? Oh, what's no? What's the one with Amanda, uh, the light skinned girl, or the guy who got shot? Oh my gosh, it's not when they see us. I always think that's called, but that's the Netflix series. Uh, if you Bill know, Street could talk, oh no, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yes, you know what I'm talking about. It's based off no, of the book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Movie, movie, oh, the hate you give. I watched it. Yeah. The hate you give. When yeah. I watched it on the plane, I was crying. Yeah, and I'm trying I, to like cover my tears on the plane, like so dramatic. Uh, I cried the first time I watched it, but then I watched it again. I think I watched it a total of three times, and by the third time, I didn't like it anymore. Oh. 
kind of like the Why? same reasons as the hidden figures the whole like oh, here he goes. white savior aspect yeah i don't know it's just i just i need to watch these movies more closely that's I'm just I don't know. It, it took me like the first time around i was like man that was like that really hit home but then like the second time i watched it i was like ah yeah i don't like the the aspect of like still having to need a white person to like come through and like save the day you know there's actually a movie on netflix that um is like movie stereotypes or like movie cliches it's just like a little 40 minute special super random but it talks about like different cliches in hollywood movies and one of them is the white savior cliche and then the other end of that there's the mystical negro or like Mm. the magical negro right that's like what it's called but basically on the on the white savior side you've got like the white person who like always swoops into like a racial situation and saves the day and then the magical negro is like the black person who helps the white person along their journey of like whatever it is so Mm. and that's like a a big like a huge stereotype that you see in movies a lot even in like netflix movies now there'll always be like the main character is some random white person and they'll just have like a black best friend and it's always the black best friend right and that's like always the friend that like helps them out or whatever and it's like that's cool but you know is always it's still like fitting into that trope so it's just things that i see yeah and like you know it kind of maybe it like dampens my opinion of certain things, but that's one of the reasons I love the Woman King so much is because they didn't include that, and I think it was like deliberate. They still had yeah. the savior in there, but it was a Brazilian guy instead of yeah, being like, and they had like the male aspect too. I watched it with a boy, and mm-hmm. he was all like, "Why they always gotta?" I didn't even think of this, you know the. I love Lil Romance, so I don't never get mad at that. But um, <laughs> he was like, "Why do they always have to do this in movies?" And I'm like. You know, I never thought about this, but yeah. you got a good point. She yep. didn't end up like doing anything for him, but the fact he was just upset that they even like put that in there. He's like, they didn't need that part. Like right. they could have just been friends. Exactly. He's like, they didn't need to have like a romance aspect. Like it wasn't necessary for the story at all, especially since it like didn't have any bearing on the story, really. Like, yes, I don't know, but like you know, so he he like still played that savior role in that respect, mm-hmm. but he was he was only half white instead of full white. <laughs> so it was the hair for me i don't know his character was cracking me up the whole time i felt like i was like okay i don't know it was just also, it was wild it was like you're at the end of the movie when they're like you're lucky you're not up there i'm like yeah i've been waiting for y'all to say this to him this whole movie I'm yeah. y'all were a little too chummy chummy with him to be part black in my opinion for real for real for real yo you know what i just realized we what? forgot to do our recommendations last week. So oh, we got to right. do like a double dose of recommendations this week. Okay. So before we get into the main topic, what's your recommendation for last week's podcast? Recommendation? This is so wow. Okay. On the spot. What do I love right now? I'm like, <laughs> okay, here's my recommendation. My recommendation is to figure out what you need for self-care and like do that and normally self-care for me is normally financial of some sort so whether that's like investing in getting your hair done you know i don't know buying a new shirt buying new shoes like that's how i find self-care is like doing those type of things for me because they make me feel happy Mm. and like your self-care might be like taking the time to actually read a book that you really want to read or like going to bed earlier making sleep like saying no to plants with friends so that you can like actually guess that's what i have to do because i struggle with that but like figuring out whatever that is and really thinking about it because i have to think like 
what is my self-care for the week and mm-hmm. like actually actively do it. Otherwise, I just am like living life. Um, or like I feel guilty about doing certain things. Like I feel guilty about saying no to certain things. I feel guilty about taking time to do certain things, but realizing that, that like that's like my self-care. I'm like, that's what you need to feel sane. So like figuring out what that is. And then, you know, maybe the next week taking the time to actually do that. Because yeah. um, I always feel better when I do that. So that's my recommendation. Makes sense. Makes sense. Good recommendation. Mine, uh, my recommendation for this week, or I guess for last week, but it'll apply to this week. When you hear this, um, you'll be a week away from Election Day. Election Day, midterm elections are going to be November 8th. And so um, registration deadlines for voting have already passed. But make sure you go out and you take the time out of your day to vote. It's very important that you do that. Um, because, uh, you know, the House and the Senate are very important in the process of lawmaking. Um, a lot of things can't yep. get done if if we don't vote. I think that's one of the, you know, during um, the Obama administration, one of the reasons that he had trouble getting things done was because we went out and voted for him in the presidential election, but then when it came time for midterms, um, you know, a lot of people fell off. And so um, yep. Republicans, like, took back the House and then, you know, um, they were able to, to stop a lot of laws. And, you know, this right now we're in a very tenuous position where there's not a lot of um, seats available to like be given up without, you know, like the, the, the minority majority balance is very, very small. I think it's just like a couple of seats. So we need to make sure that we're mm-hmm. out voting for those people that we want to stay in office so we can make sure that things continue to get passed and we don't just end up with two years of stagnant stagnant politics so my and recommendation up, go out like, what and happens vote. and looking up what happens in your state is important too because um dr just told me today that you can register day of in utah oh. so if you're listening and you're in utah and you haven't registered and you missed the deadline you can register day of voting Good to so know. looking at what like is specific to your state like your state might have a law where you can do that so mm, that makes sense and actually now that i think about it yeah i've been able to go into places like i feel like when i lived in arizona you were able to go in and like register that same day to vote you just show your id or whatever and they sign you up right there so yeah and look that up and just make sure you take that time to go and vote yeah okay are we doing we'll say a recommendation too for the end of the show yeah we'll save the second one for the end of the show yes okay okay so for today i thought it'd be fun if we did like a mini hot seat you know, we won't get mm-hmm. too crazy now because right, right. we just won't. Not too crazy. But we're going to be like a mini hot seat between me and Nate where we're going to ask each other just interesting questions, things maybe we wanted to know as friends or just like stuff that I think would be interesting for you guys to know as listeners. Um, and so, Nate, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, let's see. You can go first. Ask you asked me a question, yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you the one that I told you before we started recording. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's cool. I don't okay. remember what it is. So, you don't know the... Okay, well, hurry and marinate. But uh, <laughs> I asked Nate, <laughs> I told him if he could change one policy or even doctrine, whatever you want to choose, in the church, what would it be? If I could change one policy or doctrine in the church. Just one. Not all of them, but just one. Just one. Ooh, that's tough. One policy. I think, oh man, it has like a policy, not like a, a culture. Or, like or a doctrine. Tradition. That's why I said you could be policy or, doc- or doctrine, oh, whatever you want to do. Okay. If I could change one doctrine. 
Well, I mean, if it's doctrine, that's like that's easy. You can just you know go back and like reverse all of the the racist uh, doctrines and stuff that were taught. But I think as far as um, like a policy, so right now there's obviously like the ban on. Uh, oh, this is tough because it's like it's a toss up between. Um, yeah. Like women in the priesthood and okay, that's a good um, one. Temple marriage, right? It's like a toss up mm-hmm. between those two. Like, which one would I change? And those are two things that they probably could change, right? Because things are changing all the time. Like, you know, forty years ago, it was unheard of to think that like black people could be in the temple. So who knows what could change? Right. But I say it's a toss up between right. one between those two. Okay, fair. Yeah. Let's see. Now I got to think of something different. What is one thing that makes the future scary for you? Nate's trying to get really deep on the podcast today, guys. <laughs> hey. Um, everything. <laughs> um, I think what's scary for me is I, I've just realized because of my childhood experiences, it's really hard for me to be in situations that I cannot 100% control. So that's like a lot of things. And so I think that that's the scariest part about the future for me is I'm taking steps and there's some things I just can't control. And if I can control it, like I can take failure or I can take the change easier, if that makes sense. But if it's something that like I can't control, I really struggle with like letting someone else or another circumstance have complete control. So that's like example, I guess like finding a future spouse having children like those kind of things i can't really control mm-hmm. and like i don't like i don't like being placed in situations that i can't control <laughs> which sounds so terrible but i know that's so i'm working on it guys but like things that i know are out of my control is like very scary but i'm trying to learn to like let go of control because they're less scary because that's like where most of the fear is wrapped up in is like wow people are gonna hate me or i don't know just stuff like that so i, I think that's the scariest part about the future for me is things I can't control. <laughs> that makes sense. Good answer. What you got for me? Okay, Nate. If you could go back to like younger you, of whatever younger, you, we'll say pre-BYU, what would like younger you be the most shocked to know about like current you? Like maybe even like sad or like upset or like whatever it may be. If you could go back to like that version, like, which would they be like the most shocked or upset? About? Oh shoot! Um, to be honest, let me see. The most shocked or upset? To be honest, old me was very like self righteous. Man, that's crazy. The pre BYU, that was like almost ten years ago. I came to BYU when I was seventeen. You're aging yourself here now. I'm not just kidding. Hey, listen. <laughs> that was almost ten years ago. I came when I was seventeen. I'm twenty six now. I'll be twenty seven next year. So yeah, it's been like nine years. But um. I would say the thing that old me would be the saddest or like most shocked to learn about new me is probably like where I stand with the church because I've like changed a lot on that, right? So I don't don't have all like the convictions that I did back then for sure. Because back then, that was before I had experienced the church outside of just, like, growing up in it, you know. Because when you grow up in it, it's very different. You don't very get to different. see, like, the the all the different parts of it that are it, just things that you're not privy to as a kid. 
But then, like, you know, as you get older, as you meet more people, as you see their experiences, you learn from them, you learn from your own experiences, you interact with people and things like that. It just, like, shapes your opinion. So now I'm a lot more cynical than I was uh, when I was 17 years old. So, yeah, that would probably be the thing. There. Yeah. All right, here's a good one. What is your guilty pleasure? I don't feel guilty about it, but I love reality TV so much. I will never be that person that's like above that. There's some people that like don't find that entertaining. I love reality TV so much. I'm just like I indulge in it a little too much. Like loving hip and not like the like the raunchy, like loving hip hop, real housewives. I haven't gotten into like Love Island and all that. Um, but I do watch like the um Love is Blind on Netflix. They just came out with a new season. It's not finished, but they released first four episodes for those who watch. Um, so like the love shows, I watch all that. And I just love it. I eat it up and I just love other people's lives a little too much. So <laughs> that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I could. I don't like watching reality TV because I feel like if I start, I'll never stop. That's just me. It's true. So I've Look. watched like I've seen the OGs. Like I've watched um, what's it? Flavor of Love. I was like okay. one of the first, like, you know. But that's about it, to be honest. Maybe, like, a couple others here and there. But, yeah, my wife, she yeah. watched, like, Real Housewives of Potomac. and I love Real Housewives of the Potomac. Kardashians that's the best series. And all of that. And yeah, whenever the Kardashians are on, I'm like, all right, let me go sit in the other room and watch a movie because I don't want to sit here and listen to it's this. It's just, like, you don't understand. I just love it. I don't watch the Kardashians because I can't support black people. People who use black people's bodies, like, I refuse. I really want to buy Skims because of the quality. I heard it's so good. Mm. But then I'm like, I'm supporting Kim. And, like, it's nothing against her. Per- it's just their dynasty and the way they use black men is just, like, yeah, and black bodies. And, like, that's an issue to me. Mm-hmm. And I just can't support that. So I don't watch the Kardashians for yeah. that reason. But. I feel the same way. It's, yeah, the way that they, like, take advantage of, of black culture and black people to elevate themselves. And, like, they use, like, scandal and and stuff like that, you know, embarrassment and all those kinds of things to, like, keep themselves in the public eye it's unfortunate yeah next question okay i want to ask you i feel like i don't know if the people know this but i know you're like a big music person mm-hmm. so this isn't like you know as controversial but like if you could pick like top album of all time i'll give you top two one is hard but top two albums of all time. Uh, the rest of them in the world are obliterated, but these two. Man, just two albums. Yeah. All the rest of the, So, like, all the other music is just gone? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let me think. I know Nate has very strong music opinions, so that's why I asked him this. I do. Because I even want to know, like, what your thoughts are well definitely taylor swift I'm playing. that's if you if you're an avid <laughs> listener you know that that is literally a lie uh, speaking of taylor swift i listened episodes. to her new album and i'm i was trying to get into it and i just don't I think just, it's my genre yeah i tried i can't do it it's not my kind of i'll i'll, I'll pop her old stuff on and listen to that all day old school. All right, i like her old stuff too yeah. the new stuff though i'm like what is this yeah it's very like know. sad sad teenage girl music i don't know it's not my not my vibe but and i like sad music so it's not that i don't like sad music i really do <laughs> like, i have lots of playlists r&b sad in the feelings like it's just this i don't know what the 
You're right. It's like the teenage vibe. Like the yeah. beat is just not. I just feel like whenever I like hear one of her new songs, I feel like I should be moving in slow motion in like black and white or like sitting on a bench, staring out a window or something. I don't know. Um, but let me see. Top two albums. All the rest are obliterated. All right. So I got to let me see. I would take I would take Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Okay. I knew it was going to be one Kendrick at yeah, least. Yeah, it's got to be one Kendrick at least. And then let's see. Let's diversify it. I think <laughs> the other one would have to type? be, right now, it's got to be Hotels, Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. The deluxe, the deluxe version. Because she's definitely one of like the, the best R&B singers out right now. And that whole album is just a vibe. And I could I feel like I could definitely, those two albums I could definitely vibe to for like the rest of you know my existence and be cool with it mm. so yeah those are the two right now kendrick lamar's did damn see- and jasmine sullivan's hotels deluxe okay did you see that salt lake's doing like an r&b like concert did you see that yeah i was gonna go to it but i have i have to go to a buddy's wedding that day otherwise oh. i would be there for sure yeah R&B- i saw that i was like what is this i'm like okay yeah well, I think uh, I think Cass is going to it too, though. So okay. maybe I could go together. She left you. She said bye. Oh, she said, well, yeah. "You gotta go to the wedding, not me." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. What is uh, what's the most daring thing you've done in your life? Daring? Mm-hmm. I nothing. I have anxiety, so I do nothing daring. Like that's what y'all need to understand. Like, okay. if I haven't thought something out, I'm not gonna do it. Like, maybe no. not like There's daring. Nothing by daring other about my life. <laughs> maybe not daring by other standards. But what's the most daring thing that you've done? I've done to mm. me. Hmm. Daring. Um. I don't know. That's really hard to answer because I really feel like I only do things that make me feel secure. So I'm like, um, <laughs> I guess, um, I guess one of the more daring things I've done is just I'm working in an industry that I like didn't study in school right now. And so like that has had like its own learning curve and like it's people are always like, oh, why are you working in this industry if you're not coming from like an advertising background so i feel like that's been daring and like pretty out of character for me in the sense of i always thought i was going to go to school for like umpteenth years after undergrad and like i'm not doing that now mm-hmm. so i feel like that's like very change of pace for me and um something that i wasn't planning on doing until probably like last year i'm like actually going through with it connecting myself and like not being in the academic space only um that's been very daring for me so maybe that that, that kind of most daring Okay, there it is. That's good. That's good. Okay, Nate, what do you think? Um, what do you think people like assume about you that's not true? When like when they meet you, or interact with you, um, maybe when they first meet you, um, this may be like not true to who you truly are. Hmm. I think it depends on on the situation but I think I would say probably most people when they first meet me they would assume that I'm like shy because mm. I don't talk a lot when I first meet somebody especially depending on who it is and like depending on the environment that I'm in but yeah they might assume that I'm shy and then as they get to know me they'll learn that I'm not shy I just yeah. you know I reserve my energy for uh 
I reserve my energy. That's 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 about it. Yeah. Yeah. How many of when I first met you? When did I first meet you, Nate? The first time we actually met in person was like last fall. So like just a little bit over a year ago. Really? That's mm-hmm. the first time we met? Because I knew who you were. Yes, yeah, But I never met. Where did we meet for the first time? Was it BSU? It was just on campus. I think oh, at the black God, at the black table. Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember the first time. Like, I don't remember, like, I don't remember the interaction. I'm trying to remember. Because mm-hmm. we had known about each other for a minute. Because, like, you were on your yeah. mission when I came back from my mission. And then I moved yeah. to Arizona and you came back from your mission. And so, like, we all knew the know. same people. But right. we didn't actually meet until last year. Yeah. Because everyone's like, Nate, Nate. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be like, yeah. It's also I, like when you leave, everyone's always hyping you up when you're gone. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. That was how it was, too. Because I'd be like, yeah, I don't know who Rachel is. But like, you never met Rachel? I'm like, no, I never met her. But everybody is. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. It's my turn to ask a question? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Did you ever run away from home as a as a kid? No. Really? Never ran away? I was like a perfect child. Not in a cocky way. Couldn't be me. What you got? What? You said if I run away. My question, my answer is no. I've never run away. Yeah. So you got a question for me? Oh, that was your question to me. I'm yeah. so weak. <laughs> that was his question. How do you ever run away? I'm like... Oh, I thought you were gauging for something there. No, I'm no, like, no, yeah, I was. That was it. Well, I guess I could, child. I could expand on it. So, what was the, I guess, what was the worst thing you ever did as a kid? Then, literally nothing. You didn't do anything bad. I'm you never got in you? trouble. I got in trouble for, like, this is getting too much into my family issues, but like, I got in trouble for like, not, um, like doing what my mom thought I should do, but I was never doing anything wrong. Like, I was on the honor roll. All in school, I never went to, like, if I went to a party, it was very, like, I went there because I kind of was forced to either through friends or, like, my lacrosse team was doing stuff. But, like, I would tell my mom, I'm like, I'm going to a party, there's going to be drinking. I didn't date anybody until, like, I didn't get my first kiss until I was in college. Like, I was not, I wasn't doing nothing, y'all. Like, I was literally, like, a very, like, low-key, I was very honest with my mom about stuff. So, like, stuff I got in trouble for was, like, oh, I didn't go, go to seminary on time. Or like, oh, I like my mom and me got an argument about gay people. Like, that's what I got in trouble about. Like, I really was not doing anything out here. That makes sense. I, I like... went to work. I went to school. I played lacrosse. I hung out with my friends and that, like, in a circle. That's it. That's all okay. I did. And okay. go to church. Rachel Straight Lace. No, truly. <laughs> that's how these, these. Yeah, I've been living that's a different funny. lifestyle these past couple years. <laughs> That's funny. I guess, like, to be honest, that was me too. But, like, I still got in trouble a lot because, like, so my family's, like, standards for things were, like, very different. And so there were mm. a lot of things that we weren't allowed to do. Like, you know, we we didn't watch. Like, I didn't see any of the Marvel movies until I was in, like, I think I was in, like, I think I was, like, a senior in high school when I, like, snuck and watched some Marvel movies. Like, I wasn't allowed to mm. read Harry Potter. I wasn't allowed to... Like, you know, do sleepovers. Like, there's a whole long, like, a long list of things that I wasn't allowed to do. And pretty much everything I wasn't allowed to do, I just tried to do it anyway. So I was always getting in trouble. Yeah. Well, my mom didn't have rules for that reason. She was like, I'm not home enough to enforce rules. Mm. That's what she would say to us. She's like, I'm not home enough to enforce these rules. So I'm going to just let y'all do what you want. I'm dead. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. So now I want to know what's the worst thing you did growing up, Nate? Now I want to know. 
was it going to the sleepover or like was it what <laughs> i don't even know i was just always in trouble for something the worst thing that i ever did i'm trying to think i don't know because like that's the thing like i was a like i was a good kid by most standards like in my family i'm yeah. like the the black sheep but like well not quite the black sheep i don't know i'm like the gray sheep <laughs> in my family but um i would say by most centers, I was good. Like, I always went to church, always, you know, like, passed the sacrament um, to the people, you know, gave talks in church, bore my testimony in church, always volunteered to say the prayer, always wanted to go to all the, the, the youth activities and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, like, I really didn't do anything that was, like, bad, bad. Like, I wasn't, same thing, I didn't have my first kiss until I was in college, I didn't date anyone. Not until a lot I was of my first kids in college. Right. Like, yeah, listen. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't even date no one until I, I. I didn't date anybody until I was in college. As in, like. Yeah, I didn't I go didn't, on my first date until college either. Yeah, like I didn't go on a date at all until college. So. Yeah. Didn't really do anything bad, but I guess like one thing that I did. Um, I ran away a couple of times. Like there was one. Ran time. away? What is this running away? It Where are you never, going? It, I didn't go nowhere. I literally. Um, I, so let me see the, the one time that I actually like left, left, cause there's one time where I like ran away, but I like left the house. I walked to the corner of the street. I looked around, I was like, where I'm gonna go. And so I just like went back home. But then the time I actually ran away, <laughs> I'm <laughs> so weak. <laughs> the time that I actually ran away from home, I was gone for like most of the day, maybe like seven, eight hours. But okay, that's kind of that would be kind of scary. Yeah, we were on our way to so like we were getting ready for school and stuff like that. And my dad had cooked some breakfast and he had made some sausages. And I ate like two of the sausages, not realizing that one of them was for my mom. Like I just ate two of them. And then I got in trouble for that because he thought I did it on purpose. I'm like, I just didn't know. I thought it was for me. And so, yeah, he was like, I don't remember. But I was, he was, like, trying to make me admit that I did it on purpose. I'm like, I'm not going to admit that because I didn't do it on purpose. And then he tried to make me do some push-ups because my dad was big into fitness. And so he would oftentimes, like, punish us with exercise. Not, not the physical so he, punishment. Yeah, he, like, stopped the car on, my, on the way to school and tried to make me do push-ups on the side of the road. And I was like, no, I'm not doing push-ups because I didn't do anything wrong. And then he, like, tried to, like, well, I'm not going to get into all that. But basically, I took off. I ran back home. I jumped in. I went in the house. Got the little five dollars I had to my name, jumped on my bike, and I was gone for like all day. This <laughs> story, my, the five dollars yeah. in the bike are just the solidifying <laughs> like dramatics of this. Right. Dramatic. Had on my little sweatshirt, biking my little bike up the road on the side <laughs> of the road, all mad. I wish I could have seen this scene, like Nate angry on the bike, like <laughs> I booked it too. I must I probably rode about twenty miles. Went to the Ooh, little, I know you went was to tired. the store, bought me some gummy worms. <laughs> That's all the money. I bought some gummy worms for lunch. That's so funny. I went to the gym, played some basketball, went to the Not library. The all right. This, see, this, this goes straight. He went straight. to I, all the local community. <laughs> I went open. to the gym. I went to the library, read some books. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was riding my bike from the library, and my mom saw me, and she pulled over. <laughs> and then <laughs> and I went home. <laughs> and that Man, was the, I'm not laughing was at you, but this is a funny story. Like, I'm with you. And that was the end of my stint on the lamb. What did you do running away? Library. I went to the library and read For books. For real. Like other kids, they'd be like, ah, I went and drank and, you know, heroin. And 
All that no. I went to the store and bought some heroin. <laughs> I went to the store, bought some gummy worms. Yeah, some gummy worms in the library. Went to the library, and sat down what I'm doing. with my turtleneck and my glass of wine, and just read a book <laughs> until my mother found me. Nah, man, I was yeah. That so yeah, that's when I ran away. That's probably like the maybe that's when I scared my parents the most. Let me see another question for you here. Uh, let me look at this list. Hmm. Okay. If you had one meal, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, let's say it's like a meal where you got like a main thing and then like two sides. Ooh. What would it be? It's the only thing, the only three things you can eat for the rest of your life. And that's so hard. I love so many different foods for different reasons. Okay. But this is like the best, like I'll never get tired of it. Yeah, like you'll never get tired of it. You can eat it forever. Okay. Side one, fried deep fried gyoza. What is that? It's like it's like um pot stickers kind of, but there's different types. Because dumplings are like them, they're like um, boiled kind of, uh -huh. but gyoza are normally deep fried, so they're super crunchy. Th those are Japanese. Okay. Dumplings are Chinese. Um, so I would have fried gyoza as a side. They're not going to go together any of this food, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Main food is like a really good burrito with guacamole in it that I could eat all day and i'll be mad and sushi also because that could be a side depending on how heavy it is i'm gonna mm. say it's my side and sushi because those are like the three trifecta to make me a happy woman okay so gyaso sushi and what was the other one gyoza sushi oh, gyoza. and a burrito with guac it has to have guac a burrito with guac okay okay all right that makes sense i said gyaso Gyaso is a yeah. I'm like Israel. put some respect on their name. Gyoza. I'm like, <laughs> okay. come correct. <laughs> Listen, in my defense, that's from. You ever watched Avatar: The Last Airbender? Um, I never know. I've seen the the, the cartoon show. Yeah. Uh huh. It, well, okay. anyway, it's not important, but like the that's the first thing that came to my head because the um his little little mentor in there when he mm -hmm. first is like learning to become an airbender is uh, Monk Gyatso. and so that's what came to oh, my I'm head. Dead. But yeah, so it's. Whatever you said, I, I forgot it already. Gyoza? It's okay. Gyoza. Gyoza. Okay, cool. Um, okay, my question to you, Nate. If I hate to live life with regrets, but other people are different. Do you feel like, do you, if, do you regret any, like, thing in your life? Don't regret anything in my life. Like, any choices you made? The answer could be no, but if you do, like, like or if you could go back and say, I will make a different choice with something. What would that be? To be honest, do I have any regrets? No, I don't have any regrets. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with where I am right now. Like I'm not satisfied, if that makes sense. But like I'm good with where mm. I am. Like I wouldn't go back and change anything. But I'm still, I'm still grinding, still working because I got places that I want to be. But as of right now, I feel like I haven't made any choices mm. that I regret. Like long term, yeah. yeah. That's good. Maybe like I was mad corny in high school and, and elementary school. Like if you Not want like corny. a non-serious answer. Okay, so elementary school, I was in a computer lab back when we used to have those with them colorful Mac computers. 
Yes. And I can't remember. I think I was just like doing like a little beatbox or like tapping a beat out. I've always been like real tappy and stuff like that. So I like always beatbox or like <laughs> tap on things. And this girl in the computer lab, she's like, can you stop that? And I turned around in my seat and I growled at her because I've been reading a book about like cheetahs and lions and stuff like that. And so if you can just Maybe. imagine like, listen, hey, if you can imagine like little eight-year-old me just turning around and being like, wow, that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> and the whole class froze and looked at me and then just bust out laughing. And Nate, so, yeah, you I would take that back. <laughs> I was a character. Listen, young me was very different. Very different. I see why my parents pulled me out of school to homeschool <laughs> me. Because I was weird. But being homeschooled didn't help. That just made it worse. See, Nate, I don't want my kid to be weird. <laughs> what if they're like you? Just, <laughs> if they're like me, then send them to my house. I'll raise them as my own. Like, come here. I'll Let me teach you all about you. how to growl at elementary school children. I'll be like, go to your uncle Nate, because I can't do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you end up with like one of them little like weird sitcom children. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's see. Yeah, so that's that's probably like the only thing I regret. It's just like goofy little stuff like that. Um let's Maybe see. Maybe the last ones. Yeah, last question for you. We'll say what is something that you've learned? Like, what, what would you say is, like, the most important thing or, like, most influential thing that you've learned that's kind of, like, shaped your life? Oh, that's, like, heavy and loaded. Mm-hmm. Got to end, end on a big note. Okay. I'd say biggest thing I've learned in life is really, I don't know, I've learned so many things. I don't know if I can pick one, but. I think the one that's coming forward the most is just like communication and understanding yourself, Mm -hmm. like having self-awareness so that you can like take accountability for yourself because that applies to so many situations, work, friendships, romantic relationships, um, family, just like so many different things. And like being able to communicate is really important too. Because the more you talk with people, the more people you meet, the more you realize people do not know how to deal with conflict they don't know how to talk to they don't agree with them like i'm just a very communicative person Mm -hmm. and like when i'm dealing with people who don't know how to communicate it's very hard for me to talk with you and um i don't know i think that's the biggest thing i've learned and and also another thing is that things are not personal i take things extremely personally a lot Mm. and like though i'm i learned that that's not true it doesn't mean i don't feel that way but at least i know it's true in my head that makes sense Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Good stuff. You got one last question for me, or do you want me to answer the same question? I want you to answer the same question because I want to know what yours is. I... All right. So I feel like for me, every year kind of has a theme where mm-hmm. I feel like I learn something new kind of every year. Like I feel like one year it was learning that old people don't just automatically deserve respect. And when I say old, I'm not talking about like, let me rephrase that. People who are older than me don't automatically get my respect. That's one thing that I had to learn because I used to just be like, oh, you know, they're older than me. Respect your elders. because That's how you were raised. That's how we were raised. But then I realized like, no, everybody's still figuring it out the same way that I'm figuring out. Being older doesn't mean you have your life together. It just means you haven't died yet. That's all it means. And, you know, maybe in some ways that means that you've learned some things that I could I could learn from, too. But I've also had a lot of people 
um, you know, do things and act in ways. Where I'm like, man, you are you're older than me, but you are far more childish than I am. Right. So um, learning that was important. But I'll say probably the most important thing that I've learned is um, to to like take care of myself, to focus on me. Right. And that may sound selfish, but when I focus on me and like learn about who I am as a person, when I do that, then it like it allows me to give more of myself to other people. And I feel like, mm. you know, that's something that I've been in the process of figuring out this year is more so just who I am as a person and what it means to be Nate Bird. Right. So the more I do that, the longer I'm on that journey, um, the better equipped I'll be to serve my fellow man. Yeah. I'll serve my fellow man. Serve my fellow man. <laughs> okay, recommendation. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your recommendation, Sister Weaver? Sister Weaver, you know, I say oh, no, no not the missionary voice. <laughs> no, okay, my missionary voice was like I'm trying to think. I'd say, Hi, my name is Sister Weaver. We're missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have a message to share with you about Jesus Christ. Do you have a few minutes that we could talk with you? I went out of my way to see that's that's just that's just a regular voice. Yeah, I went out of my way to make sure I didn't have a missionary voice. Yeah, to, me too. That used to mess me up. It's the way they say Christ. Was that? It's the way they say Christ. It's a lot of things. Yeah, and like all like, the awkward pauses and like intense stares. And I was just like, don't. I did the staring. I did I do the staring? I did the staring too. You know, eye contact. You got to get those people to commit. Also, yeah. you know who has a missionary voice and like speaking voice Ooh. that is sends me every time? Sebastian. I love that man. <laughs> but when Sebastian <laughs> is speaking in front of a crowd and he's listening to this, he knows oh, I, I told, I told him before. When he's speaking in front of a crowd, it's he's giving it's like his politician voice and missionary voice mixed into one. He absolutely does have that. Yeah. And it's not bad. Like he be captivating people. Uh -huh. So it's not wrong, but I'm just like, I know it's so vivid. Like I know it. I'm like, there you go. Right. It's definitely a voice that turns on. Yep. Cause it's not. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. It's funny that you bring that up though. Sebastian, if you hear this, we love you and you've we been do. exposed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Okay, sorry. Recommendation. Recommendation. Yep. What you got? What do I do in life? I just, I just. Okay, this is my recommendation. I've been talking about this a lot this week. Facebook Marketplace. Now, the reason why I bring up Facebook Marketplace is because it's like a way to kind of reduce, reuse, recycle. I didn't think about that until this week. I thought about it just as like a cheap place to get stuff, but also I'm like I'm kind of helping the environment in one way, right? Because I'm just using stuff that people already have they don't want and it's not going to the landfills so i say instead of trying to buy something new go look on facebook marketplace and try to see if you can get it used so you can help the earth because it's dying it just snowed here in october in utah yeah that was crazy that was not supposed to happen i had to scrape snow off my car this morning bffr <laughs> okay good recommendation my recommendation is a food recommendation Saltine Ooh. crackers with honey on them. You'll thank me huh? later. You'll, you'll thank me later. Nate, it's sweet and salty. It's on, you ever had like a chocolate covered pretzel? It's better. Yeah. So to all you listeners out there, saltine cracker with honey on it. Try it. And I want to hear, hear what you think. Because nobody will be disappointed. It's delicious. 
this reminds me of, do you want to know, now see, this is what I say. If you know that sound on TikTok, it's like, this is why I love white people, because they think of stupid shit like this. And 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 if I, and I enjoy it. And my white companion showed me this. And I love it. Graham cracker, and then put peanut butter in the middle. Yeah. And dip it in milk. I had never oh. known that. No one showed me the, dip it in milk. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that. Hmm. I can see how that would the be The milk good. is the... The milk is what takes it over. Uh-huh. Now, graham cracker and peanut butter on by itself. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. It's not giving the texture. It's not right. But the dipping in the milk is like what softens all of it. It makes it. It's very good. Ooh, that does sound good. I have to check that out. And that reminds me, you ever had a Tim Tam? No, what's it's that? like an Australian cookie. I'm not gonna talk about it now, but that's gonna be my recommendation for next time. The Tim Tam Slim. I'll, I'll tell you all about How that. How you gonna make it your next recommendation, Nate? Listen, because it's perfect for this here. time of year. It involves it. it involves the winter time. <laughs> So yeah, okay. y'all y'all be on the lookout for the Tim Tam Slam. That's another one you will thank me for. Try the saltine cracker and uh, and honey, and get back to me. Yeah, email in about this if y'all do it, okay? Yeah, <laughs> and you can do it too, Rachel. This recommendation is for you too. I'm gonna come to your house and try it. I'm not buying them items to try it. I'm gonna just be honest with I'm you because I don't know if I'm gonna like it. That does not sound. I'm gonna have to come to your house. That sounds good to me. Come on over okay. and bring some gyatso and guacamole burritos. Gyoza. <laughs> if you keep saying it wrong, <laughs> he said, "What? I'm gyoza." <laughs> Whatever it is, we'll try it. All right, y'all. That's all we got for this week. Okay, that's all we got for this week. We'll catch y'all later. That's the show for today. We were super excited to be able to talk with you about the wonderful topics of the Black Menace podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Black Menaces and subscribe to our Patreon, The Menace Society, for bonus content and footage of both the podcast and our videos. We look forward to hearing from y'all in our email. You can email us Menace Moments and other questions that you may have for us. Be sure to email blackmenacepodcast at gmail.com to get those Menace Moments and questions flowing into our inbox. We'll answer you on the podcast and respond to you in the email. And remember, always be a menace. Thank you, guys. <laughs>